John Peacock, filling in for Andrew McKay on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, and dependable. Um, this is uh, all things finance this hour. Uh, the Dow was uh, kind of mixed yesterday for the year. The Dow's down about 9%, the S&P down about 20%, and the NASDAQ down about 34% for the year. Kind of caught a lot of people by surprise this year um, uh, with everything going on. We had about a 13-year bull market prior to this, so people got a little spoiled. But here to help me sort it all out is Angelo, Angelo Corcavas. He's an investment strategist with Edward Jones. Good morning, Angelo. Thanks for being here today. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I uh, appreciate you getting up so early. Uh, it is uh, He's in central time as well, uh, and uh, so it's a little earlier than normal, I'm sure. But, Angelo, tell us a little bit about what happened this year and kind of kind of what caused the market to kind of go through this, uh, really our first true bear market. I know we had one in a uh, technical one, I guess, in the with the COVID crisis, but it was over before people knew it. But this is the first true bear market we've had in about 13 years. So tell us what happened and and, 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 and why that happened, why, why it went down so much. Yes, sir. Uh, this year proved to be really the most challenging year for investors in more than a decade. As you mentioned, we had multiple headwinds hit the economy in the markets. Either you talk about the four-decade high inflation, uh, really aggressive Fed rate hikes uh, in response to the inflation. And then we had a couple of surprises with the war in Ukraine and lockdown in, lockdowns in China. All of these factors contributed to a, a rapid adjustment in interest rates and also valuations and investor sentiment. So uh, we started the year, the S&P started at its high, and then it's been on a downtrend uh, since then, which is, has been the longest bear market since 2008. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that was um, challenging this year over most is, you know, most people have a balanced portfolio of, let's say, 60-40 or 65-35 stocks to bonds. And, you know, this year that didn't work out so well. So t- talk a little bit about that and, and uh, why that was a little more challenging this year than most. Um, and, and maybe it will go forward and what we can expect over the next several months. Yes. So that was the pain point for investors bonds were caught in the eye of the storm, if you will, experiencing their largest drawdown or sell-off since records started in 1926, with inflation rising, overshooting more than the Fed and most expected, and also the the Fed in response hiking uh, rates uh, at a very aggressive pace, uh, bonds were not able to provide the typical diversification benefit that they provide. As a result, a typical balanced 60-40 portfolio uh, really had a very challenging year. As we look forward, though, we believe that bonds are now much better positioned uh, to both add income, since the starting point is very different than it was 12 months ago in terms of the yields investors can are able to get. So maybe there is an opportunity now to complement the shorter duration bond positions with longer duration fixed income, especially in the high quality investment grade space. That adjustment has already happened. In our view, the Fed is now eyeing a pause, the end of its tightening campaign. So the backdrop is very different than it was 12 months ago. 
Right. So the Federal Reserve had to raise rates pretty dramatically to kind of slow down inflation. I guess the theory there, Angelo, is that, you know, we had a uh, lack of supply and a lot of demand. So if we slow down demand by slowing down the economy, then supply chains will catch up and that's starting to happen. So where do you think inflation is going to go over the next year? And and with the inflation uh, maybe maybe lowering, does that mean the Federal Reserve is going to stop? And what do you think that portends for the financial markets, both on the fixed income side and the equity side? Yeah, so inflation uh, could actually be one of the surprises for the year ahead, how, how fast it falls. As you mentioned, uh, the Fed has been very aggressive, which they cannot control supply, but they can control demand. And we know uh, based on uh, some of the forward-looking indicators, and the stock market is one of them, that consumer demand is going to slow. Also, at the same time, we have supply shortages easing. Uh, we have a housing market that even though looking at the backward-looking CPI data, the consumer inflation data, points to a still a rising, rising home prices, but we know based on more timely indicators that housing activity is slowing down sharply and home prices are starting to cool. All of, all of these factors will help, in our view, inflation to drop back to below 4% at some point uh, by summer and likely towards that 3%, still above the Fed's 2% target, but uh, we think we're going to see that sustained path of moderation, which implies that some of the pressure on valuation, equity valuations and bond yields might start to ease gradually. So that, that's the positive. We, have, we see slower inflation, even though that might come with slower economic growth. But the combination of these two factors means that likely the Fed, the Federal Reserve, will likely conclude its rate hikes in the first half of the year. And that's pretty interesting because, again, the market typically kind of forecasts that, and they'll get ahead of that uh, on average, right? They'll typically look ahead, and, and if the Federal Reserve is going to stop in the summer, they'll start moving ahead in advance of that. And, and at what point do you think the Fed might actually cut rates back down, which is should be concerning a little bit to those folks that are buying a bunch of short-term CDs because they're very attractive at the moment. If, if the Federal Reserve starts cutting rates, that could affect those short-term CD rates as well, correct? Yes, correct. And uh, as you mentioned, what's unique about this cycle is that the, the market has really moved way ahead of, of the Fed, signaling what the Fed is going to do. So really, it has been uh, discounting a lot of what actually happened ahead of time. And that's going to be the same, most likely, on the way down, meaning when the Fed, the Fed starts thinking about rate cuts, which why would they cut in this inflation backdrop? Likely, if we enter the economy, enter a mild or uh, economic downturn or a, or a potential recession, that would be a reason that, okay, we're in a restrictive territory. We have to recalibrate to cut a couple of times to not, not necessarily stimulate the economy, but get back to what they consider a neutral point, which in their opinion is around 2.5%. And, you know, we're going to be, the market expects the Fed to stop around 5%. So a couple of rate cuts might start to uh, be pricing in, uh, the market might start to price them in as the year unfolds. And uh, the Fed uh, is likely to, to move that route, even though it might not really mean that they are going to uh, stimulate the economy much, but get back to that neutral point since policy is now restrictive and that's going to impact economic activity down the road. Yeah. Angelo, you mentioned the R word. So that recession rates might not last for much longer. <laughs> yeah, Angelo, you mentioned the R word, that recession word. Can you talk a little bit about if we do have a recession, what do you what do you expect, and and uh, what your thoughts are on the recession in general? 
our view is that uh, if we do, it's not a foregone conclusion, but if we do enter a mild recession, as a lot of the leading indicators point uh, to that outcome uh, in 2023, it will likely be a mild one because both consumers and businesses have better balance sheets uh, than they had in prior downturns, meaning more cash, less debt. Uh, and also, we do expect a mild uh, increase in unemployment. We know that the, the demand and uh, supply of labor has been very constrained. We are still talking about a very tight labor market. So even though, consu- even though businesses see their demand, are likely to see their demand soften, they're unlikely uh, to, to let people go as, as, uh, as they were inclined in the past because they had a hard time recruiting. So uh, they might be reluctant uh, to, to go through that process. Uh, because of how tight the labor situation has been. So our view is a mild recession is possible, uh, but the, the banks are in strong financial condition. And as I mentioned, uh, the, the, the starting point in the economy is much better than it was, for example, in 2008, 2007, 2008, and some of the past major recessions. And as we think about the market, over the last 12 months, the market has been discounting partly, in our view, that outcome. So if a recession does happen, it is very well anticipated at this point. That's a great point, Angelo. And, and we've always, always talked about, you know, markets do anticipate. Markets typically bottom before the economy does, and markets typically rally before the economy does as well. It's a forward-looking discounting mechanism. So we're talking to Angelo Korkavis with a investment strategist, Edward Jones. And, and Angelo, I certainly appreciate your time this morning. I think it's very informative to help our listeners kind of understand. And, you know, a lot of investing is emotion-based. Uh, so being able to understand what's going on and why it happened and maybe what's going to happen over the next six to 12 months is very helpful. So thank you so much for coming on this morning. Thank you.